0: us in the studio now is our own fourth district congressman ron estes congressman thank you very much for joining us this evening
1: well thank you jeff it's great to be on with
0: you (laughs) i appreciate that so i understand you just returned from the border is it as bad as it appears that's right we had 65 members of congress down with
1: uh speaker johnson and uh walking through the the process there at eagle pass and eagle pass is kind of uh ground central for what's going on in the border uh, basically, that's the point where more and more numbers go across. So we, we hear now, on average, uh, we're seeing, at that point, checkpoint in at Eagle Pass, 1,400 people a day coming across that border. Wow. And when they had their Christmas surge, which the 10 days around Christmas, the cartels were pushing more people across, uh, they were actually doing 2,400 people a day uh, through that process, through that, that, that sector, that 240-mile sector, Uh, which obviously encompasses a good part of the border, but uh, there's still a whole lot more of the border that other people cross as well. And so it's a strain that's being put on our Customs and Border Patrol folks to be able to process those people. Uh, And in the meantime, when they had the big push going on uh, at the end of December, there were no Border Patrol agents out patrolling. They were having to process all these people and work them through and send them elsewhere throughout the country. So we literally do not know who else came across the border during that time because there were no
0: Border Patrol agents and, out there. And that's what's very scary. Yeah. So I understand you witnessed some people actually crossing the border in front of you? It really did. It's a, it's a disgusting thing to see. But as we were standing there, members of
1: Congress and, and the Capitol Police and, and the, the law enforcement there, people just calmly walked across the river. They climbed up the bank. And and then the process is that they're just put into a van, carried off to a facility, which we saw very nicely set up facility. uh, And they're they're processed. Basically, they try to get identification for them. They try to uh, find out where they came from, get information around that. And then they feed them and clothe them and and they can keep them in the facility and and try to research whether there's uh, any if they're gang members or criminals, what's the status of them? And then they just release them into the country. I mean, that's the disgusting part about what the president is. So how
0: do you even know who someone is? I mean, they're, they're not carrying credentials, I assume, across so, the border. Actually, surprisingly enough, some of them are.
1: I mean, it's gotten so bad, the way the cartels control the border over there, they actually go out and advertise to countries around the world. And basically, it's it's, it's a heyday for them. I mean, they literally, the numbers that we were told, on average, they're in Eagle Pass, uh, in that Del Rio sector, the the cartels make $42 million a week from the fees that they charge people coming across the border. And and if they don't pay, then they make them be servants or slaves once they get to the country. So literally in that one sector over the course of a year, it's over a billion dollars that that cartel that controls that sector. And the cartels are split up, and they control different sectors uh, through that process. And, and so uh, – that's that's a a sad part that we see what what happens our, our laws we, we're a country of immigrants and and we should never stop that we we have more legal immigrants that come into the United States than any other country in the world but this illegal immigrants that cross because they want to come in and we have people coming from over 170 different countries now uh, so the cartels bring them in i mean eastern europe africa asia Uh, not just Central America and South America and Mexico that come across the borders. And and so what the cartels, one of the things they'll do is they'll have them fly to Mexico. So obviously they buy a ticket, fly to Mexico, like they're on vacation, and then
0: cross the border. So, so, you know, we know things are coming across the border. We've seen, um, I understand, some weapons or bomb making materials have come across we know drugs we know we know the fentanyl. Do you believe that cartels are making more on the illegals crossing the border or drugs that are coming across the border? Do you have any ideas to that it's It's kind of tough to tell uh because we don't know the total
1: expanse of how much fentanyl and other drugs are getting across the border uh or the expanse of the gang members and or terrorists that are coming across we We know they are they're getting through. Uh, because we're catching some, uh, but we know there's others that are getting through. We know that uh, we've seen in, in the last three years the number of fentanyl deaths has skyrocketed in the United States. I mean, literally, the number is about 290 people a day in the United States die from fentanyl overdose. And, and if you think about that, that's the equivalent of a, of a commercial airplane. And and so if a commercial airplane crashed every day and killed 290 people, the president would do something about it. But he's hiding this under the rug and not addressing it. Is not forcing his, his uh, Homeland Security uh, administrator to address this.
0: Do, do you believe, in, even during the peak of COVID, do you believe we were losing more people to COVID than what we have these fentanyl deaths?
1: Well, if you look at, fentanyl's now gotten so pervasive. And it's not just somebody who thinks they're taking fentanyl. But other drugs are being laced with it, whether it's you're taking cocaine, uh, actually, whether you're you're just having it around your house. People that do have it around their house and their kids get a hold of it or or neighbors or somebody that they invite
0: over uh, family members. And it's a it's a sad case to see that. Wow. Well, kind of switching gears here. Congress faces two shutdown deadlines with no action yet on spending. January 19th deadline for four spending bills and February 2nd deadline for the other eight appropriation measures. Um, What are your your thoughts here? So
1: one of the things, 2023 was a a pivotal year. I mean, it was a a turning point year because we borrowed more money during 2023 than we spent on domestic, on on discretionary programs, uh, which is the first time ever that's happened. And, and so we've got to do things differently. And, and that's why we have two different funding dates instead of typically the approach has been right before Christmas, have funding stopped for all 12 government programs and, and risk a shutdown. Now we broke it up uh, and having the uh, uh, analysis of four different agencies first and then, and then the other eight. Uh, I've actually uh, gotten an update from the speaker today, as a matter of fact, that they've actually agreed to a top-line number on the spending bill, okay. um, which, which is good because it's the top-line number that was agreed to on the debt limit bill passed back in May. So it's not higher than that. That's one thing that's... That's an improvement over the normal absolutely, process. Absolutely. Normally, the process has been if you can't come to an agreement, you can just throw more money at, at the problem, and and magically everybody will agree. Enough people will agree to it to get it to pass.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, this is um, this is Jeff Blueball, and we're with Congressman Ron Estes this morning, filling in for for John Whitmer on the John Whitmer Show. the The new year is only a few days old, and already we've broken a record. Our national debt has surpassed thirty four trillion. And just the week since Christmas, we've accumulated nearly one hundred billion dollars in new debt. Is there any hope of cutting the spending in DC?
1: So that that's really the, an important part. And you know, I mentioned earlier about twenty twenty three being a pivotal year in terms of the amount of debt that we incurred. Right now, every American citizen owes one hundred thousand dollars in debt. Everyone, and and that's. It, and if you look at it from a standpoint of a taxpayer or a tax return, uh, which may include a family, may include a couple, uh, that's over $250,000 for tax returns uh, that are owed in, the, in debt. So one of the things that's great about us actually focusing on doing different process for the appropriations process is that we can actually start to bend some of this spending curve down. We've got to do that. I mean, it'd be irresponsible to continue down the path that's been going on for decades now, uh, but we've got to stop this and we've got to turn it around. Otherwise our kids and grandkids are going to have this massive debt and they won't enjoy the freedoms of America.
0: You know, I I remember in the mid to late eighties and I was in high school and I think the number was seven or $8,000. Now a hundred thousand dollars per person for national debt. I mean, just reining it in is. Yeah. is, is a good. I, I sure, certainly appreciate everything you're doing for us, Congressman. Thank you for joining us this evening. And if folks want to reach out to you, they can contact or they can find you at Twitter at Rep Ron Estes and online at estes.house.gov. Is that correct?
1: That's great. Right. That's right. Those are our those are official sites, and you can actually sign up for a weekly newsletter and and get that through our official site. It's it's one of those that we can't sell your email address, so we wouldn't want to do that anyway. But uh, it's a good way to to get facts out. That's a that's a big piece about what we want to do is get the truth out of what's going on.
0: We appreciate everything you're doing, Congressman. Thank you for joining us this evening. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you, Jeff.